Thank you, Stephen. That was beautiful. Well, welcome to Westlake United Methodist Church. We're so glad you're here. How are you doing today? Good, good. Well, my name is Kurt Davis. I'm Associate Pastor of Community Engagement and Program Development. I want to invite you to do something at the end of your row. There is a booklet. If you wouldn't mind opening that and signing in, we would love to have a record of your attendance here today. Uh, and if there's somebody sitting in your row that you don't know yet, this would be a great time to look at the names on, in, in the booklet there and then greet that person by name at some point throughout the service just to let them know that you're so glad that they're here today. And if you're worshiping with us online, uh, you can uh, sign in and register your attendance there as well. If you're on the live stream on the website, if you'll back out of full screen mode, right above the video screen, there's a little red rectangle that says register your attendance. Uh, fill out that form, come on back. If you're on Facebook Live, you can go to the event page itself and there's a link to register there as well. Well, there's a whole bunch of things happening here in the life of the church this week and in the weeks to come, and I'm going to share them all with you, okay? So here we go. Uh, coming up on Sunday, November 7th, it is All Saints Sunday, and there is a hope and healing program that we are offering from 10 to 11 a.m. This will be on Zoom only. Uh, and it will be led by uh, our very own Guy Maddox. It's going to be a wonderful opportunity for all those who are grieving uh, or grieve in any way. It's going to be a wonderful opportunity to connect. Uh, so make plans to join us for that. And if there's somebody that you know that is grieving, this would be a, a great opportunity for them to connect as well. We are in the midst of Christmas in October, and we get ahead of the holiday rush through meaningful service, uh, service opportunities and projects, and we're excited about this. Um, there is a brochure in the lobby that lists all of those things, and then you can also find all of these opportunities on the website, westlake-umc.org CIO, which stands for Christmas in October, and you can sign up for any of those opportunities there as well. Uh, but there are ways to connect and to serve, uh, things that you can do in person, that you can do from home, things that you do with a group or by yourself. There are so many different opportunities. So I invite you to take a look, get ahead of the rush, and, and get something on your schedule now because uh, you, uh, you'll, you'll really enjoy that opportunity. We are collecting Halloween candy, so if you have any leftovers after the fact, uh, this candy will be distributed through Mobile Loaves and Fishes for our unhoused neighbors. Uh, so uh, please bring any extras that you have. There will be a, a marked bin in the lobby here uh, coming shortly. Uh, we had a team of people at the ha Habitat for Humanity build yesterday, and uh, Gerard Vanderwerken was our team lead there, leading that great team of volunteers. And we had a bunch of volunteers who brought lunch as well. Uh, what an incredible thing. Um, for those of you who, who were building or bringing lunch, did you need to take some Advil later? Were you sore at all? <laughs> yes, all right. Well, thank you so much for your generosity and for your giving to support that, and for those of you who gave financially to support these efforts as well. In our youth ministry, we have a couple of things going on uh, immediately following this service. In the youth room in Building M, there is a, a, a meeting for middle school and high school mission opportunities happening summer of 2022. Uh, so get uh, more information about that uh, with Ashley Mangold, our youth coordinator. Um, so join us right after this service. And then uh, this evening, or this afternoon and this evening from 4 to 7 p.m., there is a youth movie night. I invite you to come out and hang out. It's going to be a blast, and they'll be watching uh, the not-so-well-known classic Halloween Town. 
Uh, but yeah, very fun. All right, so that's happening four to seven. In children's ministry, this is really cool news. Uh, children's Handbells is resuming this Wednesday and will be meeting from 4 to 5 p.m. So if you've got interested kiddos, they can come out and be a part of that with Kelly Brewer. And then uh, one last thing, uh, the children's outdoor ministry adventure is happening today because it is the fourth Sunday of the month and they are meeting for a campfire songs and stories celebration. It's going to be a blast. By the way, this is a great, uh, a great opportunity for younger kiddos too. Uh, so come out and be a part of that with us. If you've got any questions, please contact Kelly Brewer, our children's ministry coordinator, uh, and her email is kbrewer at westlake-umc.org. If you didn't catch that, just talk to her. All right. <laughs> Thanks everybody. Our opening prayer this morning is adapted from Psalm 90. We will read these prayer responsively. Please stand. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever the earth and the world was made, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. Teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Prosper thou our handiwork. Yes, prosper thou our handiwork. Let's remain standing to sing our opening hymn. It is found in the Faith We Sing, number 2237. As the choir comes up to lead us in singing, I will tell you this, this hymn tune is called Beach Spring. And it has been set by many hymn writers in many, with many different texts. Uh, this one spoke to us for this Sunday's worship. Let's sing together. Giving glory. 
Christ offers us peace that passes all understanding. And I invite you to now pass the peace of Christ to one another. Peace of Christ, everyone. Peace of Christ, Jim, Morris. Peace of Christ to you. Peace of Christ. Peace of Christ, Jill. Good to see you. Peace of Christ. Peace of Christ, Steve. Good, how are you? Good, great to see you. Peace of Christ. Good to see you. Let's invite all the young at heart, the young and the young at heart. Children's time is coming right up. Come on up and find Miss Lydia. <clears throat> Good morning. How's everybody today? Good. We got, we got it, Kelly. Good. Everybody's good. It is a gorgeous day. Mostly. Mostly. <laughs> so, all right. So today I brought some seeds. We're going to be talking about seeds a little bit. And you know, I'm a, I'm a gardener. So I love seeds. So look at, look at these seeds. Can we, can we tell what they're going to be when they grow up? Can you just tell from looking at it? What do you think? You recognize anything in there? No? Do you know what this one is? That's a big seed. You know what that is? Oak. An acorn, right? It's, it's still in its little, little house, but uh, it's going to make an oak tree in that. It's going to make an oak tree. What about this one? Anybody recognize that one? What do you think? This one's going to be another tree, mountain laurel, mountain laurel. So they come in all, oh, that would be bad. So, oh, obviously God wants me not to use it. Okay, so um, what about that one? That's a weird looking one, isn't it? Anybody got a guess on that one? Huh? That is a seed. There's a, actually a lot of them in there. Bluebells, uh-huh, yep, yep, yep. And, and then, of course, there's a ton, a ton of little ones in here. Can you believe, look at this. Can you see that tiny one there in the bottom? Look at all that. How, yes, how tiny that is. And you know what? That's a seed, too. Those little bitty ones. Can you see, Kelly, how tiny some of those seeds are? Can you believe that's going to be a plant? Maybe a tree? Maybe a flower? I don't know. 
There are all kinds of seeds, and some of them will be big, some will be small. You know what? Even the tiniest one might make the biggest plant. You never know. It doesn't matter the size. God makes amazing things that they can be full. And I think the ones who make the biggest plants with flowers, lots of flowers and lots of trees, are the best seeds to have, don't you think? I think so. So just like the seeds, God has created us to grow up into something wonderful. Even from just tiny little people can do wonderful things. And as we grow and grow and grow, we get, we get more and more gifts. And God has given each of us a special gift that we can share, just like the seeds share. So we can share just a little bit, you know, just use our talents just a little bit, or we can be really bold and use all of our gifts in abundant ways. That's a big Bible word that means just lots. And the Bible today says that the more we share, whether it's money, love, skill with a soccer ball, playing the piano, well, let's see. What, what gifts do we have here? Kelly, what about you? What gift can you share? You play the piano, so you could play the piano for people, all kinds of ways to share that gift. What about you? Is there something that you like to do? Gymnastics, that's a wonderful gift that God has given you to share. And they're all, we all have something. Sometimes some people have more than one thing. They've got a lot of things that they can do. I've seen some of the kids in this church use their artistic talents to make greeting cards that they use to share. Okay, all right, so there's lots of ways to use that gift, to share, <laughs> to make cards, to make pictures, to share, to all kinds of things. So the, the weather, so whatever you've been blessed with can be used to help others. It doesn't matter how small or how big. And the thing is, you gotta share it cheerfully. You know, God loves a cheerful giver. That's one of the parts of the scripture today. So we gotta do it with some joy and when we share, our hearts are so full of thanks and blessings that we just keep on sharing. It's the best kind of habit to have. Can you imagine a habit like that? Not just brushing your teeth, but sharing. Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, let's pray. Dear God, thank you for helping us to grow and grow so that we can share your gifts with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with me today. Now reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning in verse 6. The point is this. The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. 
and the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his benevolence endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your benevolence. You will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us. For the rendering of this ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. Through the testing of this ministry, you glorify God by your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and by the generosity of your sharing with them and with all others, while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God that he has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, today is week three in our stewardship series, which is entitled First, Putting God First in Living and Giving. And this series is adapted from a book called Shiny Gods, written by uh, a former pastor and author named Mike Slaughter. And that term, shiny gods, refers to the distractions in our lives, even the good things that can be misprioritized and turn us away from worshiping God as the center of our lives. A shiny God is another word for an idol, anything we prioritize in importance ahead of God, from money to stuff to work to family to leisure. In the first week of the series, Pastor Tracy invited us to examine our lives and to uh, determine which shiny gods distract us the most. And she encouraged us to recenter our lives, to refocus on the Creator, the one who gives all of the good gifts that we enjoy. And last week in the second part of our series, Pastor Tracy reminded us that God is abundantly generous. As image bearers of our Creator, we were made to be generous as well. When we spend more than we earn, we miss out on opportunities to share God's abundance with others because we're burdened by the pressure of that debt that's hanging over us. And it can even make our work less fulfilling because so much of what we earn is allocated to the repayment of the debt rather than investing in what is most important. We're called to be generous as God is generous. When speaking of money, the founder of the Methodist movement, John Wesley, said the following, earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can. And even though he said this over 200 years ago, it's still applicable in the year 2021. And today we'll explore how to be faithful what we've been given in order to maximize how we earn, how we save, and how we give. Now let's look at the importance of this first stewardship principle, which is earning all you can or being faithful with what you've been given. 
in verse 10 of our scripture, it says, God who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your benevolence. As Mike Slaughter points out in his book, God supplies seed, God doesn't print money. As mentioned in last week's sermon, our work is one of the ways that God provides for us to help meet our needs. And when we faithfully utilize these gifts, these abilities, these resources that we have, we are put in a position to have our needs needs met. But there are two caveats that need to be named here. The first caveat is that the principle of earn all you can does not equal become a workaholic. That obviously flies in the face of putting God first and being a good steward of your health, your relationships, and your family. And the second caveat is that earning more does not equal greater faithfulness. Much of the time, those who earn more typically started with more. It takes money to make money. It takes seed to produce a crop. And the more seed you start with, the more crops that you're able to produce. Not everyone starts with the same kind of seed or even the same amount of seed. God calls us to do our best with what's been given to us. And doing the best we can with what we've been given may result in greater earning potential and greater earning power. But the point of earning all we can is not to hoard all we can. It's to invest what we've been given in order to multiply our gifts and our resources in order to contribute to God's goodness and love being spread in as many places as possible. The first principle is really about being faithful with what's been given to us. Now let's look at the second principle. Save all you can. You've probably heard the phrase, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. You ever heard that phrase before? Yeah, it's, it's smart. I think many of us have lived long enough to know that life doesn't always go as we planned, right? There are always road bumps. There are always twists and turns in our path. And because of that, some of you have grown to expect the unexpected. Uh, Tweety Bird has something to say about that. When someone tells you to expect the unexpected, slap them in the face and ask them if they expected it. Well, that's just really mean. Tweety doesn't really need to be so mean about it. So don't follow Tweety's advice, kids, all right? Or any of you adults as well. None of us know exactly what the future holds, right? We don't know what's ahead. We aren't given any guarantees. And this is particularly true about how we earn our money, through work and through investments. The metaphor of seed and harvest in our scripture this morning provides a a helpful picture on the importance of saving. In the book Shiny Gods, uh, Slaughter said, in agricultural society, you can't eat your whole harvest. If you do, you won't have anything left over to plant the next year. You won't have seed. We know that spending more than we make is unsustainable. Living below our means, avoiding revolving debt, and saving and investing for the future seems to be what wise wise examples have shown us over and over again. So saving not only prepares us to face the unexpected twists and turns of life, 
but it can position us to be able to lend a helping hand to someone who's in dire need. Now, I realize in many ways that I'm preaching to the choir here. We know how much generosity flows through this congregation and that it is only possible because you have been faithful with what you've been given. You've saved all you can in order to give all you can. That brings us to the third principle. Give all you can. Now, this isn't about the church uh, having more so that it can hoard resources. This is about the church bearing witness to the God who is love and being a hub that conveys and distributes and passes on God's goodness to one another, to our community, and to our world. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, said that money is meant to be an excellent gift of God, answering the noblest ends. He went on to say, in the hands of God's children, it is food for the hungry, drink for the thirsty, raiment for the naked. It gives to the traveler and the stranger where to lay their head. By it, we may supply a father to the fatherless. We may be a defense for the oppressed, a means of health to the sick, of ease to them that are in pain. You know, I've heard a lot of stewardship sermons, speeches, and pleas over the course of my life. Some have been very heartfelt and compelling, and others have felt needy and manipulative. Guilt can be a motivating factor to give, but it isn't sustainable over the long haul. Plus, it feels sort of gross anyway, doesn't it? The whole guilt thing. When we talk about stewardship within the church, we refer to our time, our treasure, and our talents being utilized for the good of the congregation, the community, and the world. And you won't hear us trying to compel you to give a certain amount. We don't focus on obligatory standards of giving. Rather, we invite one another into cheerful giving that's motivated by faith and hope and love and generosity. Some may be able to give far more than 10%, and some may be, may be able to give less and do it in a cheerful manner. And the same goes for time and talents. If each gives generously as they are able, fueled by love, the church can live as a faithful witness to God's love and, and, restored, and restoring intentions in this world. Again, it feels a little bit like I'm preaching to the choir here. You all have given and supported ministry and mission in incredible ways over this past year and in many years prior. We have seen cheerful action, cheerful giving in action over the course of this last year. I want to invite you to take a look. This church, you have truly been the church throughout these long pandemic months, and I thank you. Ministry and mission efforts continue to respond to relevant needs in our community and in the world. Most recently, Children's Ministry and the Service Committee partnered to provide mop buckets for disaster recovery. Our volunteers in mission continue to make regular trips to repair homes in Texas that have suffered damage due to natural disasters. This year, they've also helped repair our own church campus 
after damage resulting from the ice apocalypse. And now they're headed to Louisiana to help muck out homes after the devastating Hurricane Ida. Our church, with the leadership of our service committee, has already helped resettle two Afghan families and are collecting supplies for a third. And community engagement continues to innovate incredible ways to continue to partner with our community to demonstrate good neighborliness and provide a powerful witness. We were able to adapt both our fall festival and Pictures with Santa events. We became a voting site for the 2020 elections. We marched in this year's Westlake Hills 4th of July parade and partnered with Lost Creek Living to host our back to school bash. And these examples are in no way a complete picture of the amazing ways you have been the church during extraordinary times. Isn't that fantastic? I love seeing this. When you give of your resources here at Westlake UMC, this is what you support. I love seeing and hearing about all the ways that you have shared God's love as you have faithfully shared your treasure, your time, and your talents. In verse uh, 7 of our scripture today, the writer says that God loves a cheerful giver. Now I want to make something very clear. Does God love you if you don't give cheerfully? Well, yes, of course. Does God love you if you don't give? Well, yes, of course. There is nothing that you can do to make God love you any more. There is nothing you can do to make God love you any less. God's love is infinite and it's boundless. God loves a cheerful giver because God knows how that transforms you into the kind of person that you really want to be, the person you were created to be. Does cheerful giving just happen? Are some people more inclined to give cheerfully? Are some people just better than you and me? No. The people who give cheerfully do so because they've undergone training. I read a, a book several years back called The Life You've Always Wanted, and the title makes it kind of sound like a self-help book, but it's really about spiritual disciplines. And the author realized that there were so many people in his congregation that wanted to live in more kind, compassionate, patient, restful, and, and generous ways, but they just didn't quite know how to get there. And the author saw people trying to do the right things, but they kept falling short of their own expectations. And in this book, the author talks about the principle of training versus trying. I've talked about this once before here, but this, this principle has been so helpful to me, training versus trying. Do we have any runners in the room? Anybody run? Okay, got a few. My hand's not up because I actually do. I'm just trying to <laughs> encourage you. Uh, have you ever run a marathon, a half marathon? A 5K, a 1K, around the block with the dog. Yeah, we've got some of those. It's hard work, isn't it? For those of you who have never run a marathon, we still recognize how difficult this task is. Even if you're a, a runner, I wonder how successful you'd be if you woke up tomorrow morning and said, you know what, I'm going to try and run a marathon today. Do you think you'd have much success? No, of course you wouldn't. The only way you're going to accomplish this feat of running a marathon is through training. You have to work at it, bit by bit. 
build up enough endurance and stamina to complete the 26.2 mile journey. If you want to become a cheerful giver, it won't happen by trying harder. It will only happen by training. The truth is that it will hurt sometimes in the midst of your training to become a cheerful giver, just like it would in training for a marathon. You can't go from couch to marathon overnight, and you can't go from zero giving to cheerful giving in a day, a week, or even a month. It takes training. And we train by following the stewardship principles of being faithful with what we've been given, saving all we can, giving all we can. We train by taking advantage of the service opportunities that are presented to us, whether it's in children's or youth ministry, whether it's Habitat for Humanity, Congregational Care Ministry, a Christmas in October project, a volunteer, volunteers and mission team, or participating in the seasonal choir or handbells. There are so many different ways that we can train ourselves to become the kinds of cheerful givers we want to become, that we were meant to become as God's image bearers. As we plan for the next year of ministry and mission here at Westlake UMC, we are inviting you to prayerfully consider what type of commitment you will make for the year 2022. On the way out today, we'll make commitment cards available. If you've not received one yet, we'll have those available for you. And we're inviting you to bring your commitment card back next Sunday, having determined how you will pledge to support the ministry and mission of your church in the next year. And as part of our worship next week, we'll offer these pledges to God together, knowing that God can multiply our resources and our efforts beyond what we could even imagine. So if you haven't uh, received a card already, I invite you to take one today. And by the way, you can also uh, find a commitment card online at the website, westlake-umc.org stewardship, and you can submit it electronically as well. As I close today, I invite you to continue training to find that stewardship sweet spot where time, treasures, and talents align so that you can be a cheerful giver. And remember, God loves a cheerful giver because God knows how that transforms you into the kind of person that you really want to be. May the God who is love inspire us to share that love in meaningful ways in this coming year. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Pastor Kurt. Now we prepare to give as an act of worship and gratitude for all that God has given to us. There are four ways that you can support the work of Westlake UMC through your financial gifts. If you're worshiping here in person, you can give in the offering plate at the conclusion of the service out in the narthex. You can give at our website, westlake-umc.org. You can make a one-time gift, or you can set up scheduled giving online, which is what my family does, and it's super convenient. You can also text Westlake UMC in all caps to 73256, and you'll receive a message with a link to give. Just follow the steps, and it's super simple. 
You can also mail your church, your check to the church at any time that is convenient to you. Thank you for your ongoing generosity and faithfulness to support the ministry of Westlake UMC. We appreciate you. Friends, let us offer our prayers to God as an expression of our love for one another, our neighbors, and our world. For those of you worshiping online, feel free to offer any joys or concerns you might have in the chat or comments section. Let us pray. God, 
we celebrate the wedding of Angie Moore and Kevin Delarocco and their parents Morris and Lorraine Moore and the late Terry Moore. We celebrate the birth of William James Graham to Andy and Darcy Graham and grandparents David and Duji Graham. We celebrate birthdays of Allison Durkop, Stephen Dunn, Michael Cowden, and more. We give thanks for all of those that came out to the Fall Festival last Sunday and express our gratitude to those that volunteered to help make it possible. We give thanks for Gerard Vanderwerken, who led the team of volunteers that participated in the Habitat for Humanity build yesterday, and for those who provided lunch for the team. We also express thanks for all who have contributed financially to support these efforts. We pray for our Holy Land trip members to experience the joy and beauty of this historic place as they travel safely throughout. God, we are saddened and grieved by the recent anti-Semitic acts in our greater Austin community. We know that our Jewish siblings are hurting and on high alert. May they know support, love, and care on many fronts, including from our church community. May we work to spread your love and peace as we pursue what is just. God, we reach out to you, the one who hides us under the shadow of your wings. May you shelter those who are hurting, tend the sick, give rest to the weary, sustain the dying, calm the suffering, and console the distressed, all for your love's sake. Let's take the next few moments of silence to offer up to God what weighs most heavily upon us. Giving and forgiving God, you created the good earth and blessed it. Help us to lean into cheerful giving that we may rejoice and give thanks for the abundance of your creation, the depths of your mercy and your care for all. Amen. Now we pray with faith and conviction the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. This morning's sending hymn is from the faith we sing, number 2238, in the midst of new dimensions. Let's stand and sing together.
God loves a cheerful giver. And why? Because God knows that when we give cheerfully, it transforms us into the people that we really want to be. Go now in the love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and in the communion of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.